You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Heather Granado, Vice President, Content, Health and Nutrition. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Thank you for joining the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Heather Granato from Natural Products Insider. Pleased to be joining you to give you a special preview from one of our Supply Side West speakers. Joining me today is Chris Rawlings. He's the co-founder and CEO of Judo Launch. The company offers tech solutions to help brands grow their businesses on Amazon, which is one of the leading channels for natural products. In fact, as of July 2019, Judo Launch has helped more than 400 Amazon businesses launch more than 2,000 products to page one rankings. Chris, I'm so pleased to have you join me here today. I am stoked to be here, Heather. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm pleased that you'll be joining us at Supply Side West this fall in Las Vegas. You'll be offering some insider tips on this topic of selling on Amazon on Friday, October 18th at the Supply Side Central stage in the Expo Hall, but wanted to chat a little bit and offer some advice to our listeners. So let's start with the the easy question, which is why should companies be selling via Amazon? I think it's clear at this point that e-commerce is the future of retail in the world. A, A general investment technique is look at what the younger generation does. And when I look at my little brother, who's, you know, 22, I don't think he ever sets foot in a store anymore. He buys everything on his phone. And so, you know, e-commerce is still only 10% of total retail. And if you look at e-commerce, Amazon is half of all e-commerce, 50% of all e-commerce in the U.S. So if you're looking to be part of the future of retail in the world, and you're looking to be part of, you know, the future of e-commerce in the States, you have to be on Amazon. You don't have another choice. Otherwise, your competitors are going to squash you. That absolutely makes sense. I'm not sure I know anyone who doesn't have an Amazon Prime account. And certainly when you look at products on Amazon, uh, dietary supplements are pretty convenient to order, easy to be delivered, relatively compact. So I can see why that would be appealing, particularly if you can look up information and search on Amazon for what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, supplements are actually a quarter of all launches that we've done uh, on Amazon. Because it is such, it's just a perfect platform for it. Like you said, it's small and light. The space and the niche has high margins. So, you know, you can kind of take that beating that Amazon give you, gives you with their fulfillment and, and seller fees. And, uh, and it also gives, you know, new brands a chance or brands that don't have presence in a certain geographic locale or in a certain demographic a chance because people go to Amazon searching for a problem for a solution to a problem, not for a specific brand most of the time. So you have the, the chance to meet up with strangers who have never heard of your brand. Then once they're in your ecosystem, you can keep them in your ecosystem, upsell them, cross-sell them, bringing them to your website, you know, and so on. Absolutely. So obviously there's a lot of interest, but when you're talking to companies, what are a few of the most common misconceptions you encounter when companies are looking to market products on Amazon? Well, so most people think when they think about succeeding on Amazon, they think about everything about marketing on Amazon the same way they think about marketing in other channels like physical retail or like their own website or any other channel that they have when Amazon is its own ecosystem with its own set of rules. 
that's why companies like Judo Launch actually exist because we understand those rules and we know how to how to you know manipulate or to succeed on on the platform you know by knowing the rules. So most people they'll they'll approach, for instance, writing a, an Amazon listing the same way they'd approach uh, writing the copy for their packaging for their box. When in reality, you know, when you're writing an Amazon listing, it's not just about convincing somebody to take it home. You have to both speak to the robots that are reading your listing and the humans. The robots being Amazon's A9 algorithm, the algorithm they use to decide which products are ranking highest, and the humans being the folks that end up on your listing when they click on your your uh, thumbnail and convincing them to take action. And the action we want them to take is either add to cart or to buy now. So there's a science to that, and it's very, very different than the wholly different goal of writing copy for something else, for an email or for your website or for your product packaging. So that's the biggest mistake that we see. So maybe you could share a couple of tips specifically around how would a company optimize their listings? Absolutely, yeah. So when you want to optimize a listing, it's, it's an art and a science in that you need to speak the, you know, the language of human psychology of getting somebody to take an action, like I said, add to cart or buy now, which comes down to effective sales copy. But as you write the sales copy that's leading someone who's already on the listing to take action, you need to weave in the right keywords for Amazon to be able to index you for the right customer search terms. So it's a, it's a very subtle art. You don't want to stuff a bunch of keywords in there because then the copy looks like a robot algorithm wrote it, but just a bunch of random words, uh, or it looks like you're trying too hard. But you don't want to ignore keyword research and just write the straight sales copy as you normally would for, say, an email sequence or a direct mail sequence, because then you end up not getting indexed for the right keywords for your product. And there's likely usually a couple dozen major keywords that you have to include if you want to get indexed by Amazon's search rank algorithm. So it comes down to identifying the right keywords to add into the listing and crafting your copy around those keywords while still creating high converting sales copy to be able to get indexed by Amazon and ranked for keywords and convert visitors to the listing to buyers. You're right. That does sound like both an art and a science to be able to identify the right keywords that will align with yep. your brand and the product and the solution that you're offering, but not make it look like I've just put a bunch of hashtags in here because I know that's what people want to search or what the uh, the spiders are crawling for. Exactly. Exactly. It's very similar to you know Google SEO. Uh, you know, other search engine optimization, you know, sciences. And when it comes to Amazon's algorithm and Amazon search engine optimization uh, and listing optimization, the ecosystem is about five to eight years behind the Google search engine optimization ecosystem, where, you know, we saw with Google, first there were like blogs that could completely manipulate the algorithm just by throwing keywords and backlinks to fake other websites you know, and just rank number one really fast. And then Google got wise to that and started prioritizing content that was actually high quality and adding artificial intelligence into it. Well, Amazon's at the, you know, going through the same process, but it's about five years behind. So, you know, it's not as smart yet to be able to really, you know, for instance, use artificial intelligence to know how relevant 
you know, these listings really are to a customer search term, but it is getting there. And so you still have a lot of wiggle room to be able to manipulate is a bad word, but, but to be able to affect your ranking while still delivering an excellent customer experience and, and those foundation principles that are so important as well. Absolutely. When I'm on an, you know, Amazon doing a search, I'm hoping that I'm going to find the right product that's aligned with what my need is, uh, that I'm going to find information that's going to help me make an informed buying decision. And then I guess the next right. step would be if I'm really happy with it, maybe I'd want to write a review. Uh, do you have any advice for sellers mm -hmm. and how maybe they can get good reviews? I do feel that as a consumer, it impacts me when I'm looking at a product. Oh, yeah. So there's quite a few ways to get a rev get reviews. And one thing you have to be conscious of is, is it is against Amazon's terms of service to ask a customer for a review in return for anything, be it a discount or another product or a gift card or any other kind of reward. You can't ask for a review in, in response to that. You can ask for an unbiased review with nothing in return. So that does give you some flexibility. And because of that, you there are a lot of options. And so one of the most effective ones is implementing an email follow-up sequence. So you can use a software like Feedback 5 or Feedback Genius that sends an email to every single one of the customers that purchases your item and says, hey, uh, glad you purchased the item. By the way, here are some instructions about how to use it properly. And you know what? If you like the product and you like the brand, please do leave us a review. Um, here is a link to the review page. And just that very thing can increase your review rate from half a percent or 1% to 3 to 5%, um, which is, you know, pretty massive when it comes to, you know, Amazon's Amazon metrics. Another great way is if you have the capacity to get people to take action once they receive the product. So if they get the product in the mail and then it says, hey, register your warranty on our site, and then you go to the site, they go to the site, register the warranty on your brand site, and then you take their email and you can start them in a tagged email sequence of your own accord and kind of control that uh, messaging that way. And you're actually emailing them directly from your own email, not from Amazon's encrypted email service where you don't get the contact of the buyer. Uh, so that's another great way. And there, there, there are actually quite a few, you know, about a dozen good ways to get reviews. Amazon's got an early review program that you can apply to, to do it, you know, officially and compliantly through their service. There's a great strategy of getting reviews using Facebook Messenger bots. So there are a lot of options. You know, people think they can't affect reviews, but you really can. That's really good to know. Generally, uh, as I said, reviews impact, I think, most people. And Often the first people to make reviews are the ones who don't like the product. So I'm sure anything you can do to increase engagement with buyers who are having a good experience can only benefit you in that environment. That's exactly right. Yeah, and the, and the key is we want the buyers to have a good experience, that have a good experience to take an action, you know, and that's to leave a review. Another little hack right. here that I, I can share is that a lot of customers don't know the difference between a review and seller feedback. A review is related directly to a product. Seller feedback is related to the seller themselves. So customers don't really realize this. Sometimes they leave, frequently actually, they leave seller feedback as a review. So you can contact Amazon if they left a negative comment on your seller feedback that should have been a review and say, hey, can you have this removed? This isn't about the seller, this is about the product. And Amazon will automatically re remove it. 
And then if you get a good review as a seller feedback, you can contact this, the buyer and say, hey, uh, thanks for your great review. Glad you love the product, but you, you actually left the seller feedback, not a review. If you wouldn't mind, could you just click this link and, and leave it as a review instead? So there are all kinds of ways. Good guidance, absolutely. Another issue that has come up specifically around the dietary supplement industry are concerns about counterfeit supplements sold via Amazon, most recently Align supplements from P&G. Are there ways that companies can ensure they're connecting with the right consumers and not facing undue or unfair competition from third-party sellers in Amazon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's a couple elements to this. So there's straight-up counterfeits where typically overseas seller will, you know, try to create a fake version of your brand, you know, with your brand name on it and everything and claim that they're selling it um, when really, you know, it's a completely different product and, you know, doesn't come from the same factory at all or it, you know, fell off the back of a truck or whatever. And enforcing against those types of sellers is uh, a different game than trying to enforce other third-party uh, sellers that are selling legitimate versions of your product but competing with you as the brand on Amazon. Um, the first problem is a lot more serious because that's straight-up counterfeiting. And Amazon had a huge issue with this in the years 2015 and 2016 and actually did a lot of cleanup since then. And the counterfeit issue on Amazon has actually gotten a lot better. It, it seems like when you read the news that it's getting worse and worse, but in, in reality, it's gotten a lot more healthy. The brands have a lot more options now. One of them is brand registry, where if you're selling as a brand on Amazon, you can register with Amazon officially as the brand if you submit your trademark and you know show them the markings on your products proving that you are the owner of the brand itself then amazon gives you almost total control over the listing and can even you know lock down the listing to make sure that nobody else can sell on it no other third party sellers or no other counterfeiters or or anybody like that so that that's a new program not not that new it's now it's a couple years old actually but they rolled that out in order to give brands themselves who ensure the quality, the best consumer experience. So, you know, we all love to, you know, talk smack about Amazon, but they actually are taking significant action and there are things that you can do as the brand to protect yourself. I think that's really important to note that they, you know, there are incremental steps. And I think with everything, as technology advances so quickly, sometimes you just do the best you can and try and keep up. And that appears to be the situation with a lot of these counterfeit products, I think. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're flash in the pan. I mean, there's, there's a specific protocol and process for uh, reporting counterfeits to uh, Amazon. You have to create a test order of the product, have it shipped somewhere, take photos of it, send those photos and the test order information to Amazon allow them to review it and come back to you with a response. And then sometimes you have to respond again. Uh, but then if you've proven your case, you know, they will remove the, the counterfeit seller. So, uh, but you just have to know how to speak the language of Amazon. If you just come in guns a blazing and you start just, you know, yelling at them, you know, we have a counterfeiter on our listing. This is unacceptable. You know, remove them immediately. They're going to ignore you because you, you need to know the language of Amazon, the protocol for what you have to do to get them to act in order to be effective on the marketplace. Well, speaking the language and probably catching more flies with honey goes a long way. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. Any additional uh, tips that you'd offer in advance? I don't want to give away uh, everything that you'll be sharing with us at Supply Side Central in Las Vegas, but maybe a couple of closing ideas on how companies can maximize their chances for success? Yeah, so the, I mean, the biggest thing on Amazon is you, you have to learn to get data obsessed with Amazon. A lot of times what we see with brands that are used to retail is that they're people focused, you know, relationship focused, which is great, um, you know, in business, you know, in all realms. But with Amazon, you know, you need to be data focused. You need to have a nerd on your team or a group of nerds like Judo Launch, uh, my company, on your team. Because if you want to succeed on, on the marketplace, it's not about, you know, the relationships you have. It's about your understanding of the data. So, you know, it's especially the biggest thing on Amazon is your organic ranking. Um, once you get your listing handled, your organic ranking is the biggest thing because that's what shows up when customers search any item. If I'm selling, you know, turmeric supplements and when people search, you know, turmeric supplement or anti-inflammatory supplement or curcumin supplement, I don't show up, then why am I even on the marketplace? You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm not showing up, I might as well not even sell because that's how consumers find the, the brand. So the, your key is to find the keywords that have the greatest mix of impressions, meaning traffic, total traffic, and relevance. So the highest traffic keywords are going to be the most high competition. In the example I just said, it'd be turmeric supplement. That's the highest traffic, or maybe anti-inflammatory supplement. That's the highest traffic keyword. We might not be able to own that keyword, or it might not be profitable for us to constantly fight for that keyword. We might have a supplement that's actually really geared towards pregnant women who are looking for anti-inflammatory supplements. And in that case, pregnant woman or pregnancy anti-inflammatory supplement or, or something like that might be more relevant to us. I'm just making this up. I don't know if that actually exists. It probably doesn't. But that might be the one that actually makes more sense for us, or ours is more geared towards old guys. So, you know, it could be uh, anti-inflammatory supplement for knees or for my grandpa or something like that. And we want to, you know, run a scientific process to find those search terms that have the highest mix of relevance and traffic and just laser focus on those and be totally data, data obsessed when you do it. If you run that and you have a good optimized listing, you're going to succeed on this marketplace. Fantastic. Well, Certainly that data obsession has served Judo Launch well and certainly your customers. And I'm excited to hear what else you'll be offering us uh, at the show. So, Chris, again, thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to, sh to dig into all this stuff at the show, too. I'm going to be digging into the nitty-gritty. So everything that I touched on you know, during this conversation, we're actually going to be showing you know, the numbers and, and the data and examples, you know, behind the content that I just shared. So, you know, if you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to come to the show, to come to, uh, to the presentation, because you're going to learn a lot. All right. Well, we're going to be going deep then on uh, Friday, October 18th with uh, Chris Rawlings. Thank you to our listening audience for joining us for this Supply Side West preview in our Healthy Insider podcast. Please uh, check out SupplySideWest.com to get registered to join us at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, October 15th to 19th. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.